and welcome to the Capacity Creator Podcast. I'm Melanie Sadka. In each episode, you'll hear about the many successes, struggles, and advice on how to respect your capacity. You can subscribe at Melanie Sadka, like vodka with an S.com, or come see me on Instagram. Or you can visit my Facebook page called Capacity Creator. Welcome back, Capacity Creators. In this episode, we're talking about resignation. Resignation from the self-imposed barriers. Because let's be honest, we have created these distraction monsters in our lives. We have freely signed up for all these addictive games, the Netflix marathons, the endless mind-numbing scrolling. We've instilled some pretty bad habits. And at this stage, we might want to start uninstalling them. So reprogramming productive habits and meaningful rituals has to be on the priority list, right? So when I speak about uninstalling some of these bad habits that may be holding you back, I don't think it's going to take you very long to realize which ones those are. And I bet you can think about your worst time-sucking habit right now, right? I'm going to start with just a quick little story from Robin Sharma's book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And it struck me because this is all about capacity building. So briefly, there are two lawyers sitting together. But before they got together to sit, the older lawyer was this incredible, successful lawyer who had high-profile cases for years, building the firm up to star status. And he was burnt out. He wasn't eating very well. He was overworked, overcommitted, failed relationships, and he had a heart attack and pretty much almost died. So he said, that's it. He threw in the towel, pulled the chute. He's like, I'm done. And he went and he got lost into the mountains because he was going to find the monks and he wanted to become one or at least find the wisdom from these monks. Years later, he reemerges as a monk and he visits this younger lawyer in the same firm who is pretty much on the same trajectory as he was. And this is where now they come together and they have dinner. So they're at this young lawyer's home, right? Extravagant furniture, beautiful Persian rugs, and they finish dinner and they head into the salon for some tea. And the older monk is pouring tea for this young lawyer. And as he's pouring, he's telling this young lawyer about his journey and his adventures in the beautiful mountains, the lessons he's learned, and he's still pouring this tea, and how magnificent and transformational and how he is now committed to sharing all of this with anybody he meets, still pouring the tea. Well, at this point, you can imagine the tea now is overflowing out of the cup, onto the couch, onto this beautiful Persian rug, And the young lawyer says, are you mad? Like, what's happening? Stop pouring the tea. The monk smiles and says, just like this cup, you are full of your own ideas. And how could any more go in until you first empty your cup? This was like a crazy moment for me because it just proved the point. It was just another beautiful story to showcase how We have to create space, right? We have to resign from things in order to respect the capacity, in order for it to be a healthy, maintainable capacity. 
So we have to make space for that. So love Robin Sharma. The book is fantastic. If you have a chance to pick it up or order it on Amazon, it's wonderful. So what happens in terms of prohibiting the release of distraction, right? Let's talk a little bit about why we need to resign, but why it's so difficult, right? There are a few reasons. And the first one is about giving away your personal power. There are so many of us that are yes people. We're people pleasers. And so we say yes all the time. Again, to the detriment of health, family, relationships, really honoring ourselves. And we train people. Like, let's be honest. When you say yes all the time, people are now expecting that you have this extended capacity to do everything. And people will continuously come to you and ask you to do things. And now you are feeling in a position that you have to say yes all the time. I see it everywhere. I was that until I finally reeled myself back in and started to manage that properly. I had to retrain people, which is difficult, but needed. So if you're a yes person, start to observe those commitment patterns. The second thing is the perfectionism, right? There's a lot of us that are perfectionists who cannot move beyond something until it is perfect. Well, I urge you to really explore your own definition of perfect because quite frankly, that becomes an excuse, becomes a crutch for not moving forward, right? So this holds you back completely. And the third one is that I tried everything, excuse-driven mentality. There's so many of us that say, I've tried it, I've done it, it doesn't work, I can't do it. So I'm just going to stay in this area and complain about how distracted I am or how little time I have because I've already tried it. Have you really, have you really spent time on this? So again, with my clients, this is where we start to break down some of these issues that prohibit the release of distraction. It's such a fabulous part of ego cake in terms of, of resignation. I'm going to quote Robin Sharma again, because, you know, when we talk about, we don't have time. A lot of us are like, I wish I can get to the gym. I just don't have time. And I've spoken about Mel Robbins and her whole take on how motivation is garbage. We wait to become motivated before doing something and we'll never, we'll never be motivated because it's hard. It's hard to get our butts off the couch and get to the gym. Robin Sharma says so eloquently, as he always does, if you don't make time for exercise, you'll probably have to make time for illness. That one shook me to the core because I love being active, but I had given it up completely for a variety of reasons or excuses. And when I read that, I don't, want to make time for illness later. So that one really stuck with me. So it's like, what am I going to do today to really change the patterns in my mindset and my health mentality, right? When we talk about resignation, it's, it's not, again, it's not about quitting your job. It's, it's not about this, this huge thing that you need to, to release yourself from necessarily. It could be as small as some simple habits that you have. For example, Morning routines. Many people spend too much time picking out their wardrobe or getting ready in the morning. And it just, it takes up so much of that precious capacity that you wake up with, like this fresh new capacity that you've woken up with and now it is wasted on trying to figure out what the hell you're going to wear in the morning. 
I think about two individuals who have totally conquered this and have done really well with it. And these two individuals are Steve Jobs and Zuckerberg. So Steve Jobs has been wearing the same thing for the last two decades, right? And he did this well. And he always showed up, you know, on stage or in public with pretty much the same pair of jeans or the same style and the same T-shirt. It was always a black turtleneck or, t- or T-shirt. So he always had the same wardrobe. And Mark Zuckerberg does the exact same thing. Gray T-shirt and jeans, right? He's, it's funny because his T-shirts are probably like $6,000 each. But that's to say that in the morning, they use their capacity. They maximize their capacity by eliminating those decisions that you have to make in terms of wardrobe. So if you're thinking, oh, it's easier for men. Honestly, personally, my wardrobe is made up of 95% black and white. Black and white. I can mix and match everything so so efficiently and quickly that I don't have to think about my wardrobe anymore. So that has made a huge impact on my life. But those two individuals make me chuckle a little bit because I didn't actually notice that until um, I started paying attention to it. This is all in the name of spending time with our family and friends. Do the work at work and then be at home with your family. So I know it's easier said than done, but we talk about really optimizing our capacity. We have to find some of these small tweaks that make huge differences in our mindset, in our energy, in our focus, and in our capacity, right? Another quick example, which I want to talk about, and uh, Greg Wells is and Bruce Bowser are the authors of a book that just came out, and it's called The Focus Effect. And I love this book. It has a lot of great information and statistics in it. Some of the statistics that I have mentioned throughout these podcasts have come from that book. Um, Very well researched. Anyways, they talk about athletes who have doubled their lifespan in the Olympics or in their professional sport. 20 years ago, you wouldn't have seen athletes aged 40 and over. This last Olympics, 2018 in South Korea, you have Cheryl Bernard, the Canadian curler who was 51 years old, top of her game. LaSalle's Brown, the Canadian bobsledder, 43 years old. The guy is built, his physique, his energy maxed, right? And they're not doing this by burning themselves out. They're not doing this by overextending their capacity. They have a system. And this is what we can learn from in terms of how these athletes manage their capacity. They train, they prepare, then they perform, then they rest, re-energize, they nurture, right? They nurture their souls, they feed themselves healthy food, and they do it all over again. And this cycle is something that so many of us can learn from. And it's not to say you're going to do this so that you can work longer and you can extend your your career. Maybe you want to do that. But it's about being able to do the things that you love to do and being efficient about it. So we can learn a lot from that. In my workshops, at this point in time, I would urge my participants, the attendees, to resign from something. So I'm not sure if I've touched a nerve throughout this segment for you to be able to think of something that you could just resign from. It could be a mindset. It could be a habit. 
It could be an obligation or it could be a commitment that is just no longer serving your values. It's something that you know when you get ready to attend or that you're doing, there's a voice in the back of your head that says, this is not the right thing to be doing right now. This is exhausting. I'm not having fun. You know what that voice is. It's not a pleasant one. It's not the one that makes you spring out of bed or spring out of your chair or, you know, run to your car to get to. This is something that is bogging you down. It takes guts to resign from that thing, but it is definitely something that has saved me and relationships and has allowed me to really explore this topic. So I'm actually grateful for uh, my bad habits because this is where I ended up and I am so happy because I replaced my bad habits with something that I love to do. And that's what I call respecting your capacity. I mean, I wrote a whole chapter on it. It's called The Art of Resignment. And you can listen to that audio chapter on the website. High capacity people tend to get burnt out quickly and have to remove themselves from the game often, which is not a pleasant place you want to be. I've had to do that as well from a huge project that I absolutely loved that was part of who I was, um, that I gave everything to, but I had to step back. It became too much for me to handle. And again, I didn't want to. I cried for days. Uh, It was painful to do, but I knew it was the right thing. And I, you don't want to get to that point in order to make those resignations. You want to be able to stay ahead of it. And that's what respecting capacity is all about. That is what taking inventory of your commitments on a regular basis is all about, is understanding why you've said yes in the first place and how much time it's actually going to take. Those decisions now are way fewer and far between, thank goodness, because of some of the practices that I have been using and some of the the discipline that I've been putting in place in terms of really managing my own capacity. And we're going to talk a lot more about some of those practices in the other episodes. So thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you. And I hope you're respecting your capacity today. Capacity Creator is produced by me, Melanie Sadka, and recorded by the amazing team at Hive Studios in Hamilton, Ontario. For more information on Capacity Creator, please visit capacitycreator.com or check out the Facebook page.